Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 17 Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From you let my vindication come. Let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do, by the word of your lips I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from the adversaries at your right hand. Guard me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They track me down. Now they surround me. They set their eyes to cast me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, O Lord. Confront them. Overthrow them. By your sword deliver my life from the wicked, from mortals. By your hand, O Lord. From mortals whose portion in in life is in this world. May their bellies be filled with what you have stored up for them. May their children have no more than enough. Have more than enough. May they leave something over to their little ones. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied, beholding your likeness. 1 Chronicles chapter 21, verses 1-17 through 17. Satan stood up against Israel and incited David to count the people of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of his army, Go, number Israel from Beersheba to Dan, and bring me a report, so that I may know their number. But Joab said, May the Lord increase the number of his people a hundredfold. Are they not, my lord the king, all of them my lord's servants? Why then should my lord require this? Why should he bring guilt on Israel? But the king's word prevailed against Joab. So Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came back to Jerusalem. Joab gave the total count of the people to David. In all Israel there were 1,100,000 men who drew the sword, and in Judah 470,000 who drew the sword. But he did not include Levi and Benjamin in the numbering, for the king's command was abhorrent to Joab. But God was displeased with this thing, and he struck Israel. David said to God, I have sinned greatly in that I have done this wrong. But now, I pray you, take away the guilt of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. The Lord spoke to Gad. David's seer, saying, Go and say to David, Thus says the Lord, Three things I offer you. Choose one of them, so I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Take your choice, either three years of famine, or three months of devastation by your foes, while the sword of your enemies overtakes you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, pestilence on the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. Now decide what answer I shall return to the one who sent me. 
Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercy is very great, but let me not fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel, and 70,000 persons fell on Israel. And God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. But when he was about to destroy it, the Lord took note and relented concerning the calamity. He said to the destroying angel, Enough, stay your hand. The angel of the Lord was then standing by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth, and in his hand a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell on their faces. And David said to God, Was it not I who gave the command to count these people? It is I who have sinned and done very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, O Lord my God, be against me and against my father's house, but do not let your people be plagued. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1-6 through 6. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now by this we may be sure that we know him, if we obey his commandments. Whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not obey his commandments, is a liar. And in such a person the truth does not exist. But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person the love of God has reached perfection. By this we may know, we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk just as he walked. Good morning and welcome to the first Monday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 17, 1 Chronicles 21, and 1 John 2. And I think, I haven't double-checked, but I think there's this recurring line in the first letter of John. Because um, I, in my head, I have it in 1 John 4. And that's one of my favorite passages. But it says this. Whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not obey his commandments, is a liar. And in such a person, the truth does not exist. And it's one of my favorites because it's it's really upfront. It's not couched in hidden meaning. Um, it's not like pulling punches. It's, look, this is what this means. If you think you're a Christian, but you don't obey God's commands, and and by extension, walk as, God, as Jesus walked, then you're a liar. Like, let's just call it what it is. And uh, I don't know if I emphasize it enough in Reborn on the Fourth of July, but I didn't. I didn't become a Christian because I wanted to be a Christian. Because well, I started going to church <laughs> in high school because I wanted to be a good person. And I had been arrested for shoplifting. I'd been doing it for I don't know how long, maybe a year. Um, and I just I was flailing. Like my parents uh, had split up, and that was all I knew. And so I thought, well, shit, okay, I guess you're supposed to go to church when you do something stupid. So technically I I did initially want to be a Christian and be a good person. But when I was, as, an, uh, as a young adult, um, in the military, um, I, so I was, what, 20, 21, 22, 23, um, with, uh, including my, my deployment, I really just wanted to not be a hypocrite. Um, 
I had misgivings about going to war, but certainly they weren't strong enough to compel me to do anything about it. And then when I was there, um, I was, I was, I got this sense very clearly that in January of '04 we were still welcomed, people waving and stuff. But by the end of my 13 months there, that sentiment had changed. And we're, we were still there, and there's no end in sight. You know, this is February of 05 is when I left. We had no sense that it would go on for another fucking 20 years or something. Um, and I just had this overriding sense of just not wanting to not be a hypocrite, to not have a hard heart, to not like, to, to be an honest person. And uh, so my first... The first thing I read was a 9-11 commission report in Iraq, and I, I felt, yeah, I should have done something, but here I am. And then I picked up the Bible and all these other uh, books about Christianity, and then I thought, if I'm going to be a Christian, I should just, I should do it. Like, it's no more, you know, it's not good enough anymore to just say I'm a Christian and think that's enough. And so that's kind of what set me on this path of applying to be a non-combatant, et cetera. And somewhere in there, I came across First John, I think, chapter 4, where it talks about, like, oh, yeah, and in chapter 4, it's if you, if you say you love your brother, um, but you, you accuse him or something like that, then, then you're a liar and God's love doesn't reside in you or something. But John really um, loves to be kind of direct in certain ways, um, and this is one of them. Um, but that directness, that honesty has, has another side to it. You know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, and that's, that brings me to the reading from the Old Testament when David calls for a census, which has ties to the military in the ancient world. That's where you get this, that's why it talks about there were, you know, a million men who drew the sword. That's just another way of saying there were a million, however many, uh, uh, able-bodied men. Um, heads of household or, you know, individual units, essentially. Um, and God had not told him to prepare to go to war. And so he was, it could appear that David was going to go to war without God's commandment. And what I think David does better than any other king, yeah, I think any other king and judge and uh, in in all of Israel's history, is like when he fucks up, he he owns it. That's the flip side of of that directness in First John uh, two and four. Um, that if you're going to call shit out, sometimes you get your shit called out, um, and that you have to own it. Otherwise, you are a hypocrite. Like if you can dish the medicine out, but you can't take it, you're a hypocrite. Um, and maybe you're not a liar per se, but you're not you're not who you think you are you're not um you might not be a good person you might just be a person um and so the the two sides of the coin are not just calling others out but being prepared to be called out and to be honest about your own shortcomings um and it's difficult i'm sure i've failed at it um but you can't have one without the other you can't call people out for their shit um, and then not be ready to be called out for your shit. And internally, it is a relief to to 
there's this word vindication that came up in the Psalms. And I I brought this up in conversation not too long ago about some of the GI justice stuff. And anyway, um, uh, it's it's good to feel vindicated, to call evil out, um, and to call people out who are doing evil, um, to call them a liar when they're lying. There's a certain satisfaction to it, but there, when you get called out, it may not be satisfying, but it is right. There's a there's another side of satisfaction, um, wholeness, humanness, to be reminded that, look, you're not a god. Uh, you know, were David to call that census and then, you know, like run scared and, you know, deny and deny, 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 like he wouldn't be whole. He would be, you know, kind of a shell of a person um, because the more you try and be a god, the more you realize you're not. Um I could go on and on about Putin and how like he had a big head about this invasion and now it's taking much longer, his economy is taking a hit and like um but I won't. That's a that's a rabbit hole. Um and so these there are these two sides to honesty. On the one hand I, I think it's refreshing when others are called out and you feel vindicated and heard and seen. But you also have to be ready to be honest with yourself and for others to be honest with you. Um, otherwise, you're you know you're really no better than the masses, the crowds that um, think that their shit don't stink, um, and that everybody else is the problem. A prayer for guidance from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, by whom the meek are guided in judgment, and light rises up in darkness for the godly. Grant us, in all our doubts and uncertainties, the grace to ask what you would have us do, that the spirit of wisdom may save us from all false choices, and that in your light we may see light, and in your straight path may not stumble. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.